Welcome to the Catholic Podcast Collective. We are so happy that you are here with us. The goal of the uh, collective is just for Catholic podcasters to have a space to come together, to collaborate, but also for anyone to discover um, new Catholic content that they might be interested in, for us to be able to come together and have conversations. I just love this this idea of the collective, all of us coming together to help one another, to support one another, and to help us share and, and put our content out there. Um, so I'm really hopeful for us working together on our projects and, and supporting, and then ultimately um, just evangelizing and getting the good news of Christ out there and bringing people to Christ. There we go. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode from the Collective Pod Catholic Podcast. Um, we are your hosts for this episode. Myself, Matthew, JB to my left, and right down here is Emily uh, from The Jam. Uh, oh, hello, friends. Such a joy to be here and a blessing. Yeah, super excited. All right, so what... What I think the, the game plan is here, we're going to, you know, everybody buckle up. We're going to get some stories out. We're going to talk about the church and uh, we'll have some fun. So uh, I'll start us off with some intros and then we're going to see, see where this takes us. Um, so I'm one of the co-hosts um, for the Catholic Ann podcast. My uh, other half, JB, is also here. Um, hey, guys. <laughs> Uh, we're both Texas boys, um, living it up down south, and uh, our podcast is about just talking to uh, amazing, incredible people, kickstarting their biographies to sainthood. So uh, tune in in hopefully a good couple years to come, and uh, maybe it'll come out on paperback, audiobook, and uh, maybe even the a paperback hardcover. audiobook. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So we'll see, but yeah, it's no, it's been so much fun, and I know, I know, JB will will say more about it, but um, being able to talk to great young Catholics on their way to sainthood, um, on how to be Catholic and um, whatever it is that they love, whether they're a Catholic and a graphic designer, a Catholic and a uh, person that works in a distillery, um, so many other things. So, Emily, you wanna? takes off. Yeah. Hello, friends. Uh, my name is Emily Mastronicola. I am the host of the Jam, a fruitful podcast. My tagline is uh, fruitful discussions through the eyes of a Catholic millennial. And um, each week there's always uh, a new topic and it's always hashtag this week spread. So like you spread jam while we talk about topic nice. spread. Um, yeah, the podcast it has been around since 2019. It was interesting when uh, I started it because podcasting was very new to me. And I feel like this is before like the podcast boom uh, really took off in like uh, the past year, year and a half. And um, uh, much like your guys' podcast, mine is very similar. I interview uh, young adults, mainly a lot of people in my young adult community uh, I'm from Indianapolis, Indiana, so we have a very hopping young adult network over here. It's called Indie Catholic. Um, every summer, we have um, Theology on Tap, and we have about 300 young adults that come. So, we so have it's a really very, hoppy. 
<laughs> very, very happy. Um, <laughs> um, so there's just always something going on here in town. Uh, we have a lot of creative people here in Indianapolis too. So that's always fun to get creative guests on the podcast. Um, but yeah, it's just, I only do about a, a monthly episode every month. So I applaud everybody who, who does weekly and bi-weekly podcasts. I'm slightly jealous. <laughs> I'm just creatively drawn in many other places, but when I, when I'm recording and I'm in session with guests, like I just let the Holy spirit guide and it's just such an amazing experience. And we always close with a musical jam. So like we talk about our favorite fruits, we talk about like a specific like spread or topic, and then there's always like a musical jam to close us out. So it's a little bit like inception during my podcast. It is your totem still spinning. Wow. That's, that's amazing. I don't know how, how I can follow up with that. Um, <laughs> Make us look good, Joe. I'll try. I'll try. Um, so as many of y'all know, um, I guess at this point, my name is JB. Um, I am the other and probably better half at um, the Catholic and podcast. Matt and I joke that um, we need to go to marriage counseling (laughs) (laughs) Um, just by the banter. Um, And yeah, so um, as a little quick intro and then we can go back to Matt for his intro because apparently he forgot to do it, um, is um, young adult down South. Like Matt said, I I work in marketing for a Catholic ministry, um, do marketing strategy, social media strategy, just how to, um, digitally evangelize to the, um, to the, to the, to the general audience, whether it's, um, the young adults, um, millennials, um, higher and lower things like that. Um, yeah. So that's like a quick and easy summary for me. Um, oh, I'm also a grad student at the university of Dallas. So Shout out to Groundhogs. Um, (laughs) Getting a master's in pastoral ministry with a concentration in church management. So um, that's that's been fun. Um, I pastor Matt all the time with uh, my uh, theology questions. Um, As as some of y'all know who follow our podcasts, I like to send him text messages at two in the morning, um, just asking him like, what does San Angela mean about like, whatever he was talking about like what does the summa say about this he's like dude it's like two in the morning i don't (laughs) i don't i don't know go back to bed um so that's yeah that's a quick i guess long summary of who i am and some little thing about me um we can shoot it over back to matt so he can give his intro when you said um you you pester me i heard you say you pastor me and i was like oh man am i Again, spiritual direction from Joe. Well, that'll, that'll be something we'll do live. Huh? We'll do live spiritual direction yeah. one day. Yeah, yeah. And that'll be that'll be a lot of fun. Um, but I am a director of evangelization over at a church down here in Texas, and it's been a lot of fun. And if you um, have you ever met a person that works in the church with the title of anything with evangelization, that's just really the catch-all term um, to do what needs to be done. And um, it means that you get to do anything that needs to be done also. So um, that's been a lot of fun. I have shown up to work before in an inflatable T-Rex costume. That was one of my greatest days. Um, And I've also spent time just doing admin stuff in the office as well. So it's a uh, evangelization is a very loosely defined term. You'll find out in a church. (laughs) 
you really love the last uh, bullet point. It's like other other, other duties as duties. assigned. <laughs> other duties as assigned. Yep they make they make sure that 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 is in there in every job description. That sounds very similar to to my actually current job description. I was finger painting today at work, and also. Go. Yeah, also doing graphic design at the same time. So like, <laughs> I feel like, yeah, evangelization is, yeah, it's for pastoral ministries. It's like the kitchen sink of all of the above <laughs> in the church. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, having, I, you know, if, if I need to redo, if I need to rewrite a, a whole resume after years working in the church, I'd love to know what I come up with, with all the different things. <laughs> of, what are you qualified to do? And well, I... I guess this, this, and this. Yeah. (laughs) I power washed Mary. That was another great day. I power washed a big statue of Mary for our May crowning. And that was, that was awesome. It's probably kind of weird for anybody driving by of like, what are they doing? (laughs) (laughs) Going to town. Love that. How about you, Emily? Yeah. So when I'm not podcasting by, by evening, uh, I work for the Archdiocese of Indianapolis. I work in the Office of Youth Ministry, and I am our coordinator of communication and administration. Um, basically, if you've ever been to NCYC before, which is the National Catholic Youth Conference, you've mm-hmm. probably been to Indianapolis. Um, we are the host diocese uh, for NFCYM for NCYC, which will be happening this November, fun fact. So there will be probably about 10,000 youth coming to Indianapolis. Nice, Um, very cool. Yeah, so I love what I do. I get to combine my love of communications and uh, my love for the church and create beautiful things. Very cool. Just random question. Are you a big um, Colts fan? Actually, I am not. Um, okay, I'll take. <laughs> um, so I'm a Peyton Manning fan for sure, uh, but my dad is actually from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. So I mm. am a half Steelers fan. Very cool. So fun, fun fact. But uh, we do have a new quarterback now here for the for the Colts. So we'll see how this season shakes out. Very cool. Very cool. Um. So kind of going into it, you, we talked about, um, it sounds like a common thread that we had was a little bit of like that digital evangelization. Um, do we want to talk about that for a second? Yeah. Sounds like a very fruitful, fruitful topic to discuss. Emily, how would you, how would you define digital evangelization in the church? Hmm. Yeah. I think it's, creating, um, I would say, deep question, uh, somewhere you're going to see something like a graphic or a story, and it's going to cause you to have an encounter, and it's going to make you want to go out almost like offline and continue searching to, to understand what that encounter was. You know, maybe it was a beautiful image of Mary, or it was somebody uh, on like a reel talking about, you know, going to confession. It's just, you know, something enough to give you like a taste of, you know, um, you know, a, a taste of, of, of faith, of longing, of interest, of beauty, of spark. And then, you know, going out and, and searching and understanding what, what that is. 
I really like that because I, you know, whenever I look at, um, at parishes websites, like if I'm traveling somewhere and I'm looking for mass times, or if yeah. you know, I'm not, I'm not like, I'm not at home and I, and I'm looking up confession times or something like that. I, I've always, uh, especially now, like I, I view parishes websites as, um, like what you would wear to an interview. Like why, mm. you know what I mean? Like, why should I come to your mat to your church? Um, and it's a really interesting thing. Uh, looking at what uh, different churches would wear to an interview. <laughs> well, I think honestly, that's how a lot of people shop mm-hmm. for like their, their churches. Mm-hmm. They go and they look at the website. So when you look at like our Christian brothers and sisters, um, you know, and they've got these really awesome, stellar, modern, minimalistic websites, people can see themselves being like there in that community. And I think that's just, you know, a mark that we're not really hitting on as a church. Yeah, definitely. I, I think um, kind of more technically, specifically, uh, we, we should work on our, um, our UX design. So yes. uh, UX is user experience for those who don't know. Thank you. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> so basically it, it's um, how do you go through, um, it's the path that leads you through a website. And so if we're trying to find mass times, um, either like make it super easy, readily available, or you make it like an Ikea and make them like walk through it and shop around, make them go see what, what else they're looking for. And so like, if you're looking for mass times, maybe it'll be under sacraments and then you go click on um, mass times, but then you get to see the different sacraments that they're offering, like what they're looking at um, and and things like that. So it it makes you stay on the website a little longer and it makes them um, desire the encounter a little more. I think the average people search on the website is to find something in less than three clicks. If they're doing they're searching for more than three clicks, then they're going to stop looking and they're going to go somewhere else. Ooh, that is a great tip. I'm Fun gonna, fact. I'm going to put that in my to-do list for tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> but it, um, so I, I, I like that we started with websites, but it's not, um, it's not just that, right? Like now we're in so much more than just websites. It's, it's this whole world of like a whole other realm of communication and social media. And I think that um, when it comes to digital evangelization, it really is looking at just general good etiquette in digital communication, um, mm-hmm. and which is very tricky. Like it's not, it's not easy. I, you know, I don't do it great at, you know, or perfectly at, at my church. It's really hard. Um, but I think it is something to say that it's worth investing in, whether it's money or time. Would, would you guys say the same? Yeah, I think so. I think communications um, is, is like, it's mild, mildly misunderstood in the church that if I send an email, that that is going to be the perfect band-aid that I can like, thus evangelize and, you know, reach my entire flock, Um, which email has, you know, it serves very good purposes, right? Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. internally for internal things, but I think- Big banner on internal. Big banner. (laughs) Internal. (laughs) Um, But like, I think 
people misunderstand audiences within the church, that there are different audiences on different social media platforms or just, you know, internal versus external communication. And like the message may be the same of what you're trying to communicate to your flock. But if you don't find some way to like synthesize it for each audience, then you're just, you're missing a huge, you know, opportunity to evangelize. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Do we want to like slide into a little bit more of what each kind of audience, what what social media platform each audience uses and kind of quick and easy tips for for those groups of people? Yeah, that sounds really juicy. Yeah, yeah. So um, I think I'm not going to make up who did this research, but I know for sure that um, people that are, that are millennials and, and younger um, love to use TikTok, Snapchat, um, Instagram. Snapchat, like that. you're aging yourself, Jamie. Oh. Hey, you're <laughs> aging yourself, just, Jamie. And, and that's why I said millennials <laughs> and under. Um, and, just millennials or Gen Zers? Uh, I, I didn't look at the, uh, the research that long, so I'm not going to answer that. <laughs> Also a short attention span, apparently. <laughs> oh, yes. That's also a thing. That's why reels are super short and TikToks mm-hmm. are like, mm-hmm. what, 15 seconds or less or something? I don't know. Um, yeah. So uh, what, what else, what other platforms and ways can we, can we reach these groups of people? Well, I can kind of walk you, you through what I do for, for my job. So like uh, I work with at least three different types of audiences. So I work um, primarily with like our youth ministers. So they would kind of follow internal, like internal Mm -hmm. communications, but then externally would be youth and then parents. So oftentimes for what I do for my job is like, let's say I take something like NCYC this November, but I find a way to communicate it on Facebook. So it caters more to like the needs of the parents of like, hey, um, talk to your youth minister about signing up your kid for NCYC. And then if I'm like, that's like for Facebook, but then like, if I'm on Instagram, I'll be, I'll do something for uh, our, our Instagram and do like a story. I'll be like, this is coming this November. Ask your youth minister how to sign up. Uh, and then for the youth ministers, I'll probably do something where I'll send a flock note and then I'll have like a digital media kit in there uh, mm. with like some graphics about how they can advertise to the, like the youth, something that they can post on their like parishes story. Mm-hmm. And then something of maybe like that can go in an email to a parent. So it truly is almost like inception of like message creation that you're trying to like create these different like scenarios where people can just you know all get you know excited for you know whatever you're trying to communicate in this case it was ncyc Mm. right um and a a little bit of a a a meta question is um how do you make sure that um these youth ministers aren't kind of just like plugging and playing whatever you send and actually catering and instead of actually catering it to their specific audience Yeah. Um, So a lot of it, I think, comes from like the engagement or like the like the repertoire that you have. So if you're if, if I'm understanding this correctly. Yeah. If you so if I like 
have them create like a digital media kit and I see that they're like posting it on their stories, I'll normally like put something in the comments that kind of affirms or acknowledges that like I see what they're doing and try to help build engagement that way. Because mm-hmm. there's some theories that like just posting uh, images that have like text on them doesn't do as well with like the algorithms that your engagement of what people see really comes from the interaction of like the comments. Um, so that's what I try to like really kind of help build is like the engagement in the comments um, also to work in partnership with like the image that I, I perhaps maybe have them send or that they're reposting. Oh, we're talking about shop tonight, guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's that's really cool. Um, Matt, do you do you want to chime in on anything? Uh, yeah, I was thinking, you know, because it's um, we started off with with like digital evangelization, digital communication, everything. But um, I think it's hard to do like this. I, I feel like this would be so much easier to talk about if digital communication was the only form of communication we needed to have with with people in the church. Right. If mm-hmm. that was the go to, then then we're solid because we would just invest everything in it. But the best way, at least I've found, is the best way to talk um, and communicate with parishioners is to verbally and in person communicate what is happening. Like, like if I see them at mass, hey, this is happening. Would you like to come? Like a personal invitation Um, is always better. Like for for any age, for youth, especially Mm -hmm. for 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 anybody, an in-person thing will always work better. and especially in a smaller group, like if it's like, you know, uh, we have, you know, like uh, uh, announcements from the from the pulpit, right, right before mass. That's great. You know, it's in person, but it's to everybody. Right. But if you get it into a much smaller group, like if you say it um, like instead of just at mass, but if you do it in person in a Bible study where there's only like maybe like 15 people, much more of a personal, intimate interaction of, of advertisement. Um, I, I think that, um, and maybe this is what we can break open is that the bulletin, that type of communication should stay within the bulletin, taking, <laughs> taking what happens in the bulletin and putting it on the internet is not working. Like, like, like you were talking about, Emily, is it like the way that you send out something on Facebook for parents is going to be different than the flock note that you send to the youth ministers. And it's going to be different than the post you make on Instagram. Like it has to be tailored. Um, and I think right. that, that not that I'm saying that the bulletin should go away. That's a different episode to talk about, but yeah. <laughs> that the bulletin is its own thing and social media is its own thing. So I think maybe the conversation is like, how do we learn about how to, like you said, not only figure out the audiences, but then tailor the communication to those audiences. And it's, it's difficult. It's a hard one, especially with how fast things are changing. Yeah. I think they almost have to work together. Mm-hmm. Um, so like I didn't always work in like, you know, communications. I wasn't always like a web designer. In fact, I actually went to college for athletic training. I wanted to work for USA track and field and somewhere my freshman year of college, I kind of realized that this was not the path for me. 
And I had a speech class and a great professor that really changed uh, my life. And I actually hated public speaking. I cried before like every speech. So it's, it's ironic now that like I do podcasting and I get on our Instagram that has over like a thousand followers and I'll do like an update of like me finger painting for an event this weekend. Like, <laughs> so it takes a, I don't know, just a really confident person to, to kind of do that. But um but, the, but going back to like my point is um, when I was in college at uh, my Newman Center, I went to Ball State University, chirp, chirp. Uh, we had an amazing Newman Center with like probably like a hundred students, you know, from different majors, just all very active. But like we started doing more things with like digital evangelization towards my latter part uh, of my um, college uh you know, during college. But what was interesting was uh, that's when I started to really fall in love with like, you know, graphics and, and web design and things like that. But what I realized was, was I could make the most beautiful graphic in the world. And, you know, and I would just post it. But what I learned was that like that graphic wouldn't get people to come to an event. It would be what you were saying, Matt, it comes from that personal invitation. So it's almost like you have to, you know, use, yes, use that graphic, but also have that interaction or that encounter or that invitation with the person. And they have to like, you know, work, work together in some way or shape uh, to really get the person invested and, you know, maybe have that encounter. And I think that's where beauty uh, is like how is what links both the invitation and the encounter with the media. And then there's, they're, they're you know, sold or they're interested after that. Yeah. Yeah. Not to get too far into like a, a sacramental theology. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I think that's like the, the premise of sacramental theology. That's the, that's like the premise of the sacrament. It's, it's blending both the physical and the metaphysical um, that, that reveals beauty of, that reveals the beauty of God. You're just finishing a paper. Is that why? Cause that yep. was, that was great. That was, <laughs> that was the conclusion the right there. <laughs> A plus, A plus. Thanks. Appreciate it. Tell my profs. <laughs> I, I like the, that idea of, of beauty as the link. Um, because, um, and especially it, it's especially hopefully, you know, in, in the coming months, it'll be easier to have that in person interaction right if anything that we've learned i've i'm hoping that one of the lessons learned from the past couple of months maybe the past years that bolster up digital communication absolutely and reinforce it with the in-person communication and vice versa that if you invited somebody in person to something have it available with that for them to also see it like to see it again multiple times uh in whatever digital medium it is and then and then the other way around it as well um yeah i i think also to to piggyback on that it's um it's not leading with like the physical interaction first and then reinforcing with digital or and it's not vice versa digital and physical it's you have to do it both and um there's no you, you have to be present in both streams and, and so that they can be reinforcing each other. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something that like our generation, we as 
um, I, I'm born in 95, so I'm a 95 baby. So like I, there is a point where like I grew up without technology, so I'm not a digital native. Um, but I think that's something that like for us that have those experiences, we understand those physical, you know, the, we understand what it's like to be without technology and have community. Um, but I think that's something that's going to be hard for harder for younger generations to really to really grasp. And I think that's something that they're searching for or that they hope in their pursuit that they'll discover, you know, is that in person while, you know, being kind of stuck in this like learning growth. I'm going to YouTube this because I don't know and no adult around me seems to have this answer. So I'm going to YouTube it and figure it out. YouTube um, has all the answers. <laughs> Oh, YouTube. Um, yeah, <laughs> I guess that's my prayer. My hope for, you know, younger generations um, is that they would, you know, still be able to enjoy, you know, and, and, and strive for in-person, you know, community. I think it's definitely there. It's um, and I, and I think, you know, maybe something that that the the church is trying to balance is like, um, don't like, you know, I guess, I guess like a, a warning or, or something that, that I, I try to work on myself by working at church that I try to remind myself is don't have a, uh, come to me mentality or like, don't have a come to come to the church mentality. Like for sure lean into, um, not only, you know, Pope Francis's big call, but just in general, um, the church's call of actually being missionary, um, which, by bolstering up your communication, especially with the aspect of beauty, because like JB said, um, you know, the, when, when you're looking at the sacraments, um, you are, you are reaching out so that they can grab on and, and come back in person. Um, and it's, yeah, it's for sure. It's for sure going to be a dance. And I think it's going to be harder, um, with the advances in technology if we don't realize that they're a great tool to be utilized um if they're if it's used the right way um so uh, carlo acutis i don't know if you guys have heard of him he has a really really like good quote of uh, do not like be photocopies and uh, Pope Francis talks about this in Christus Vivit. And, um, you know, I think the Pope's just has been spot on mm-hmm. um, with all of his like, um, you know, conversations or like, you know, everything he's talked about communications in the church that, you know, it's, it's a forum. It's meant to be, you know, a place to exchange ideas. And um, yeah, I just think, yeah, I just... I just wanted to put that that sound bite in there is Carlo Lucas. Um, he's got a great story and he wore Nikes. So, you know, it's yeah, I uh, hope he's on his way to becoming a saint. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, these were really fruitful um, conversations tonight. We really went deep on a couple topics. But um, yeah, what are some good practicals and resources? maybe perhaps for people who work in ministry, but also people that uh, don't and that just, um, you know, are, are interested in, you know, digital media and digital evangelization. Um, I, I can go first. And this, I think this one's going to be less of a 
um, a communication kind of technical answer and more of a, a ministerial answer. Um, so uh, another side to me is I'm, I'm a catechist for a bunch of sophomores. Um, so I do communicate with them social media wise and, um, and obviously in person when, when this COVID thing was not a thing. Um, and probably what I would say is be present in both spaces. Um, there's, there's room to be present in the digital space. And if they're not necessarily super comfortable in, in, in telling a story or sharing something, um, but obviously, you know, um, virtues, whatever, safe, safe group, make sure you have the right precautions in place. Um, but yeah, so be present in, in all your conversations and be aware of, of what they're telling you and where, and where they're at. Um, and listen to them and, and don't necessarily um, give advice unless they're actually seeking it. All right. I, I think that's great, especially like hitting on the difference between like sympathy and empathy um, and just, yeah, knowing their needs and, and what they need and how to help them. God bless you for working with sophomores. I always enjoyed working with like the juniors and the seniors because I could like make them think, but freshmen and sophomores were always hard for me. He's known they're, them they're since they were in eighth grade. <laughs> yes. It's been a fun time. <laughs> Um, the practicals that I would think of, maybe, maybe this is for any ministers, um, or, or even catechists. Um, um, and this is something that I, I definitely had to, had to figure out was, um, don't be afraid to take the time to, to learn something new. Like if you don't, um, if you don't know something in the, in the tech space, ask or Google it or, you know. Try, try to find it YouTube for sure. Um, and, and, and learn about it and, and, and you know, it, you're not gonna, you're not gonna pick it up that instant, probably not. Um, but down the road, you'll be able to add it to your arsenal of, of so many things and it can, you know, knowledge is power, right? There's, there's the, there's the big cliche. So, um, it, it can only help you in your ministry, the more that you learn. Um, and, and especially in, in the digital realm, um, you know, take, take a free webinar when you can, um, find some guides on YouTube when you can. And I know, you know, everybody's super busy with their own, with their own job description and any of the all, uh, other duties as assigned for sure. Um, but, um, spend the time in that personal growth with, with the tech side, um, because, uh, you know, for, for me, when COVID happened, I was helping, um, my church turn into producing videos for our faith formation. Right. And I never edited things before really, especially videos. Um, so I had to, for sure, watch many hours of YouTube videos, trying to figure out how to edit stuff. Um, but now I'm able to, you know, a year later, I'm able to, to do that type of stuff. Um, it was like a skill you don't, you don't realize, um, that can be fruitful. Um, so if it's just learning another thing about like, Hey, how, you know, maybe you want to start a Facebook group for your ministry, um, really learn about how do you be an admin for a Facebook group? Like, how do you run it? How do you moderate it? How do you, how do you make sure like it's doing really good stuff? Um, it's going to take some time, but your group 
for sure will will um, be so much better off because you're you're at the helm of it. So I I affirm all of that um, mainly because that's part of my own testimony testimonies. I never touched a, a website till like 2017. You know, and all of that has been very like self-taught. Um, but I, I see this so much with like our, our youth ministers, especially those of um, an older generation is they they're just like not afraid, but they're just like that. that that's for young people. That's not for me. Um, I don't know if you guys have seen the social network. Um, but there is a scene in the film where it's Vince Vaughn and it's like Josh Gad and Vince Vaughn's character is trying to figure out how to like do Google help. And he's just like, he's like, is this like, you know, this is probably so easy for you. And Josh Gad is like, it's teaching somebody like the letters of an alphabet. Anybody can learn it. It can be learned, you know? And I think that's, and that's true. I mean, it it can be, Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, um, but I think, I guess, for my, my fruitful wrap up here, um, uh, know your limits to, to when you're on social media. Uh, know when you start to like, you know, when it makes you, you angry or it kind of starts, um, you know, you get all this negative emotion, perhaps from, you know, reading too much about a hot topic or you're just scrolling and you can't stop. I think just, you know, being aware of those triggers and then knowing your grounding techniques. Mm. Um, I, I do a lot of content, like I'm on the computer for maybe like eight or nine hours a day. And I often don't check my email till I go home, <laughs> like personal email. Mm. And like, yeah, for me, I have to take like actual breaks from digesting work content to personal content to just fund creative podcast you know, or just up, upgrading my, you know, Instagram stories. So just, yeah, I know they do, they have, uh, at least for the iPhone, they have like the screen time, you can calculate mm-hmm. how long you're on a screen, but just um, knowing what your triggers are and uh, just being able to have good grounding techniques to like look away from the screen. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah, I totally affirm that being in marketing, obviously being of the social media kind of generation, um, it's way too easy to scroll through Reddit, Facebook, Instagram, just keep on going until you like fall asleep and you're like hand still on Instagram when you wake up. You're like, oh, yeah. I'm still in the same spot. Um, that doesn't happen to me, but <laughs> just, it's, I've, I've seen it. Um, a friend has told me, just kidding. Um, a no, friend. Awesome. Okay. Okay, JB. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, as, as we wrap up also, um, Emily, where can we find your podcast? Yeah, so uh, my podcast is the Jam, a fruitful podcast, and uh, I record mainly with Anchor. So you can search on Anchor, but it's also um, through Spotify as well. Uh, we're also on Instagram, so you can follow uh, me. Uh, I've been doing a lot of reels, actually, with baking and the saints. Hmm. Um, so that's been kind of fun. Um, but you can uh, follow us at Podcast. Great. Awesome. And Matt, how can you find um, our podcast? So uh, if you want to listen to the Catholic and podcast, you can do so on Apple, Spotify, Anchor, Google. Um, I think that's about it. Um, And any other platform that that you do get these wonderful stories from, uh, you can follow us on Instagram at the Catholic and podcast, um, where you can see some 
some great things that we post about and get all the updates of when we have another episode out. Um, and you can always slide into our DMs. Me and JB will always be ready to share a meme, give a heart, get another hot take about the church, whatever you want. They're always open. Great. That's awesome. Beautiful. Um, gentlemen, it's been such a joy getting to know you and to talk about digital evangelization. That's something that just I love talking about. Um, but I would love to close with uh, what is your favorite fruit? Hmm. Uh, my, probably my favorite fruit in a smoothie Ooh, is okay. a strawberry. Um, but probably my favorite fruit in general is a dragon fruit. Ooh, what does what does a dragon fruit look like? Uh, I'm not sure how to describe it. Just okay. Google it. Um, <laughs> okay. All right. I'll take your word for it. <laughs> it's it supposed to be your favorite fruit. <laughs> it's just hard to describe. It just looks, it looks like a fruit. It, it looks cool. It looks cool. It's also in a bunch of Starbucks drinks. So like you can have that there too. That's All not right. just a marketing ploy. It's a real fruit. Yes, it's a real fruit. <laughs> <laughs> does it breathe fire? No, no, it does not, unfortunately. Pretty lame, JB. <laughs> All right, what you got? <laughs> I'm going to go with peaches only because the one dessert I can never get tired of is a good peach cobbler. Mm. Snaps. Mm. I'm going to go with raspberries. Ooh. Yeah, we've got a good uh, ice cream place here up in Indy and they do um, a chocolate raspberry truffle and it is like mm. divine. It's great. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us today and uh, tune in to hear uh, from our next round of speakers on the Podcast Collective. God bless everyone. Bye guys.